Perhaps. Perhaps surprisingly, then again, perhaps not. Over the near 80 years since the ending of the Second World War, there has been seven different days chosen to, memor to memorialize the horror of the Shoah, the Holocaust. Over time, those different days have now been whittled down to essentially two, January the 25th or the 27th day of the Hebrew month of Nisan. January 25th was chosen in 2005 by the United Nations as the International Holocaust Remembrance Day. But I suspect that is not the day that you or I consider to be the true or real day of remembrance. Like you and like me, it is the 27th day of Nisan, designated in Israel as Yom HaShoah. That is the day the, si the sirens are called twice in the evening and the morning, with traffic and movement stopping on the day to pause and remember. And what is the difference exactly between these two days? January 25th is the day that Auschwitz-Birkenau was liberated by the Soviet Red Army. The 27th day of Nissan, Yom HaShoah, it marks the day that in 1944 of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, one is the day that we were waiting for the world to save us. The other marks the day that we tried to save ourselves. To some, it might be a trivial difference, but to us, it cannot be. The famed American Jewish author, Herman Woke, he of Marjorie Morningstar, The Winds of War, Cain Mutiny, if you're a certain generation, you're nodding your head wrote at the time that he met Israel's first Prime Minister, David Ben-Gurion. Ben-Gurion invited Woke and his wife, Sarah, to visit him, to leave Tel Aviv and come down to his retirement home in the Negev Desert. The next day, they went to Ben-Gurion's kibbutz, Steboker, in a command car escorted by a jeep with a mounted machine gun. Because back then, in 1955, that raw little country was being bloodily harassed in broad daylight by the Fedayun terrorists that infiltrated into Israel from Jordan, Egypt, and Gaza. At this time, Ben-Gurion was not in office, and he was working on his memoirs. And so he spent the day discoursing on history and politics, philosophy, and literature until the sun set. His wife, Ben-Gurion's wife, Paula, came in and invited the Wokes to stay for dinner. And when the dinner ended, Ben-Gurion took them to the gates of the kibbutz with the command car an armed jeep were there waiting. Woke thanked him for the day, and Ben-Gurion grabbed his sleeve and said, you must return here to live, because this is the only place for Jews like you. Here, you will be free. Free, Woke turned around to him and said, free? With enemy armies ringing you, with your leaders publicly threatening to annihilate you, with your roads lethal and impassable after sunset, without a machine gun escort. You think that's free? And Magurian turned to him and said, I didn't say safe. <laughs> I said free. I've known that story for a very long time, but I never quite knew where to place it. 
That is until this year. With the COVID dog in the house, I find myself going on walks. This time in quiet leaves me to podcasts, and I took to listening to a captivating six-hour interview with Israel's most recent former prime minister, Naftali Bennett. His tenure was brief, just under two years, but profoundly successful. Economically, socially, militarily, his government populated by right-wing and left-wing politicians, with Arabs and Orthodox Jews, gays and straights, with Ar gave the country what it needed at that time and desperately needs again. At the very end of this six-hour interview, the interviewer asked him what being the Prime Minister of, of Israel meant to him, and he finished with this story. Bennett was at an international conference on climate change. Some way or another, Bill Gates heard that he was there and asked to see him. Bennett, a former high-tech founder, of course said yes. Gates told him that the rate and degree of, cli of global climate change cannot now be undone by increased integration of electric cars, by eliminating single-use containers, or getting rid of plastic bags. We're too far down the path for those things to make a difference any longer, Gates said. What we need is a breakthrough technological solution to reverse this before it's too late. And then Gates looks him straight in the eye and says, you're the prime minister of the state of Israel. Go and solve this problem. With pain, I admit, with pain, that it may be a long time before we are safe. But Israel allows us to be free in ways that can save the world, in ways the world might not survive without. Our tradition is, has been, to conduct an appeal for Israel bonds, and there was a time when we had cards and ushers would come in and collect your pledges. They don't print the cards anymore. But here's what I'm going to ask you. After Yom Kippur, that you head to your computer, you go to the Israel Bonds website and you make your investment. Because a stronger Israel will be amongst the very best you will ever make in your life. Because it is not just money, but values, survival, medicine, life, and one day, God willing, safety too. Gomar Khatimatova. Everyone, please rise.